Welcome to the Ascend Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Each week we delve deep with some of the brightest and most forward thinking, out of the box minds in health, consciousness, mindset, and spirituality. This show inspires our listeners to improve their body and mind, and our intention is to fuse and lock the conscious warrior and shift the balance in the current paradigm. Hey guys, what's up everyone? In this episode of the Sen Podcast, we're joined by CrossFit athlete Chris Spieler. This was such a fun conversation and we really had such a good time speaking to Chris. However, each week we have very deep conversations with all different types of people, from the Iceman Wim Hof, inspirational and motivational speaker Prince Ear, UFC fighter Carlos Condit, to Stephen K. Hayes who spent 10 years being the bodyguard of the Dalai Lama, for you guys who don't know Chris, he was an individual competitor in seven CrossFit Games, he is a coach, and he really has been a huge leader to help grow CrossFit and the sport of CrossFit. He has a wealth of knowledge and experience in training, coaching, and much more. He is an absolute legend in CrossFit, and an absolute superhuman in fitness and strength. And if you don't believe us, just type his name on YouTube and watch this guy train, and he's just such a nice guy as well. In this episode, we just had such a great convo and highlighted some really great areas from the mindset of a top athlete, how to push through tough times and challenges, setting goals, balancing training and work life and family. And at the end of this podcast as well, we also asked Chris if it was the last day on this planet and he had to throw down one workout with one person, who would it be and why? And as well, even if you don't think CrossFit is for you, this podcast isn't just all about CrossFit. It's just a tool that Chris has used to grow as a human being on this planet. And it's about the lessons that come from doing certain things in life, no matter what it may be. And the thing that I really like about CrossFit and the style of training was it really brought the fun back into my working out or training. And it opens up your mind to do different rep schemes and fun little challenges that you can transition over in any style of training. And as well, I think if there's a lot of challenge and variety in your exercise, it can really be a big factor in you as the individual, continue to do that on a regular basis and exercise. But before we jump in with this podcast, also please don't forget to leave a review of the podcast and just let us know what you think. This podcast was an absolute great one to be a part of. So without further ado, Chris Superhuman Spieler. This is a Hey, hey, Chris, how are you? Guys, good. Sorry about that. I had some guys coming in and they needed some judges, and I was running around like a wild man. Ah, oh, no problem. We, we've uh, when you actually when you said that um, that you were going to be a bit longer, we actually went in the garden. We're, we're just like doing a we threw down a quick workout. Nice. A little, little quick walk there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Chris, how how are you doing? Are you okay? I'm well. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we're so grateful for your time. We'll, We've, you've been like a huge motivation and leader in the CrossFit community, and you've certainly been a big factor in helping grow the sport of CrossFit through competing and teaching, and also just sharing your knowledge and changing many people's lives. And it's so cool to talk to you today. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, Chris, how did you first start your journey in training your body and mind? Like, what was started you off on your journey? Um, I mean, I guess, you know, I just always involved in sports growing up. I started off just being a little guy playing soccer and, uh, 
that quickly went into wrestling, which was uh, kind of what I ended up doing long term. But I played a, a variety of things, you know, lacrosse and even played golf for a year, ran track and did a couple different events with that. So it's always been a part of my life. But I think largely wrestling was what uh, caused the um, just catalyst for, I guess, the kind of mentality that that I've grown into. Mm, good. So, Chris, how did you get into CrossFit? Uh, I bumped into a buddy of mine um, that uh, I used to uh, be a Young Life leader. Young Life's just a cool, non-denominational Christian outreach to high school kids, and, and he was one of the kids involved with it. And he ended up going to the Marines, and I bumped into him about a year after he got out of high school. And he told me about CrossFit, and I kind of did the regular jam, you know, where everyone's like, yeah, yeah, cool, I'll check it out. Yeah. And... Uh, a couple weeks later, uh, I went online and I found it, and I tried to work out just in my Globo gym, and and never looked back from there. Yeah, can you, Chris? Can you actually remember your first workout? Yeah, it was Cindy. It was uh, as many rounds yeah. as possible in twenty minutes: five pull-ups, ten push-ups, and fifteen squats. So, yeah, I, I remember clearly. Remember doing it. <laughs> yeah, mine was uh, mine was actually front and um, I think I did oh. all the pull-ups uh, strict as well, oh. and I think. Yeah, I think it was the first time I actually did a thruster as well, and uh, my technique was terrible. Oh, right. Yeah, before I'd done that work, I would actually thought I was fit, and then afterwards I was just wondering what the hell have I been doing all my life. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, <laughs> yeah. that's probably like most of us. <laughs> I was going to say as well, um, I know I know as well that um, you're not competing at the Games like this year. I was going to say, but are you? Yeah, no, I... Uh, I turned down the regional invite uh which is good you know i had i had a good yeah. run and a good uh experience out there for the past you know seven or eight years and um it's just time for a new chapter yeah definitely i, I was in a way i was wishing that you were going to go but i know as well obviously even though that you like this year you haven't really been focused on the games and you're like not training probably like five times a day anymore but um, I was I was lo- loving it how you still crushed like the qualifiers for the regionals. It was brilliant. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a yeah. good a good little shift for sure in our, in my programming. Yeah, definitely. But um, like when you were fully like when you were fully focusing on the games, like what did a full day of training look like for you, Chris? You know, it kind of ebbs and flows depending on the time of the year. Earlier in the season was a little bit lower volume and more focused on strength for me. But as things evolved. Uh, it could be up to four or six hours a day in the gym, just depending on the wow. day. Um, that usually looked like, I would say, four parts, um, sometimes more, sometimes six parts to a, a training day. Um, but it was pretty, it's pretty intense. It's a lot of work. Yeah. So like Chris was like one, like one workout strength and then maybe one skill and then some sort of like aerobic capacity workout. Uh, a little bit. Well, it was different for me. I worked with Ben Bergeron a lot, and Ben was was incredibly helpful. He's a great coach, and um, a lot of it was I would do you know a lifting or strength session, and then I'd often do like what what he would call barbell cycling. So a lot of things to try to help increase that ability to move a barbell more quickly and rep after rep. And those were generally also heavy, but more kind of conditioning oriented. And then I would yeah. usually follow that up with, you know, two kind of CrossFit workouts, and those just were good varied workouts, and uh, and then sometimes some accessory work afterwards, or maybe some, depending on the time of year, maybe some skill stuff like swimming drills or or things like that. Mm, cool. 
I think, Chris, that even when the average person is just training, like, they have the good <laughs> and bad years. But, like, on the worst years, like, the toughest years, and when the pressure is high, quitting is high, what spurred you on? What kept you going when the urge to quit was so strong? Oh, man, I think I get that question a lot, and sometimes I don't, I don't, I almost don't know how to answer it sometimes, because I think it's just a little bit of who I am. I don't think, you know, as a kid, I was probably a little bit more, I wasn't super confident um, in my, my abilities as an athlete and things like that, but that's definitely changed and evolved, and uh, I think a lot of it, it's just I never wanted to just look back and say, what if? What if I would have tried another year? What if I would have um, had a, you know, what if I would have trained a little bit harder? What if I would have done things differently? And uh, that was a big driving force because, uh, you know, it's not lasting. No, nobody's going to be at the CrossFit Games in their entire life. It's just not lasting. So when I look back, I never wanted to say, oh, what if I would have tried it again? Yeah, like that coulda, woulda, shoulda. It it just stays in your mind forever, really, doesn't it? And it'll never let you go. Yeah. Like all them what if moments. For sure. Chris, I know as well. Like 2013, like you had to swallow like the hard truth that you would not be competing at the 2013 Reebok CrossFit Games. That must have been so hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, it was difficult. It was definitely a. It was a growing year for sure because I think I learned a lot about. Um, the CrossFit community and the fact that, you know, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself feeling like if I didn't go to the CrossFit games, that the community would be almost upset with me. But I think I just realized that, you know, they just genuinely care. And, you know, they were bummed to see me not go just like I was bummed not to go. Yeah. And, um, it was really hard, you know, it was definitely really hard, but I think it was a great way for me to be able to transition, um, to knowing that the next year would be my last year and really uh, being a little bit more comfortable with whatever the outcome was. Yeah, I was going to say it must have been so tough to get your head around, like especially when you've like dedicated yeah, like your whole year and your life really to like training for them moments. It must be so hard. But I was wondering, Chris, like in them type of moments and in that moment, how do you get over them type of moments? Um, I think you have to have something to fall back on. You know, it's like it's really easy for us uh, to put everything into whatever it is that we're doing because we want to be the best, you know? Um, and, and you do have to, in some ways, put everything into that. And that means time and energy and effort. But if that's all that we have to rely on and all that we have to fall back on, if it doesn't work out, then people are really crushed. And, uh, and I think that's where you have to be able to have a balance of what else is important in our lives outside of competing or outside of CrossFit or, might even be outside of business, you know, what about like if people that are really focused on their work, um, because if we have other things that are more important than that, even though our time may be allocated a little bit differently, if things don't work out, well then all of a sudden I have something else to fall back on. And, and although difficult process, my life isn't just totally ruined. Yeah, I think we learn a lot more from the most difficult um, aspects of our life than we actually do the positive aspects because it really gives us a good judge of character for the person who we're going to grow into being. Like, And when you did not um, qualify for 2013, it must have been like, wow, like, this is the next stage of my life, this is the next chapter, and I and use this change to like spur me on to become something better. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's easy. I think, that's, I think it's cool that now 
more and more information is coming about out, you know, that failure is okay, that it's kind of a natural progression of our growth and being better and not necessarily resisting that or totally trying to avoid that. Um, so it's cool to see some of that start to, to kind of make its way out into more conversations like this, because that's the, the truth. You know, I think most, most people that are, have been at the top, um, have probably failed a number of times along the way to get there. Mm. That actually leads on to the next question I'm going to ask you. So, like, Chris, at the high level of competing in sport in general, or even life, what do you think separates the best from the rest? Man, I think it's, you know, I, I definitely think that depending on where you're looking, that there is an element of, you know, genetic potential and being in the right place at the right time. I I definitely think there's a piece of that, um, without a doubt. But uh, I also know a lot of of kids, especially when I was wrestling, where, um, you know, they had a ton of potential and they had everything going for them, but they just didn't have the mentality to go with it. So I think it's a blend. You know, I think it's the very best of the best, I think, have the genetic potential and I also think that they are not afraid to work ridiculously hard, harder than, harder than anybody else. Because there's people out there that have the potential and don't work hard, and there's people that work way harder but don't have the potential. Um, so I think it's really the blend of both. And then with that, mental toughness obviously is a, is a huge part of that success as well. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, like within the um, the games as well, and even just life in general as well, like all the best people who were generally at the top of like of their game as well, like achieve great things. And I think it's the, like the people who realize like their own like internal and external weaknesses, and they attack them and strive to improve them, and like not just shy away from them. That's what I feel. Yeah, for sure. And it's just kind of what we said earlier is the chances are those athletes have failed a number of times. It's just yeah. choosing to learn how to grow from that. I was wondering, Chris, like when we're talking about touching on that, how do you how do you think that people in life can like do that, can find their weaknesses and tackle them and like build from there? Yeah, I think it's just being willing, you know, willing yeah. to try things that are maybe a little bit outside of our comfort zone and having an honest look in the mirror. I know for me, even outside of CrossFit, you know, when I think about running the affiliate or um, you know, doing things with icon athlete, there are things that I'm good at and things that I'm just not good at and mm-hmm. What's nice in, in the affiliate or the business world, I think you can delegate those things to yeah. people that are maybe better suited to do those so you can make your team stronger in a way. But when you're in an individual sport like CrossFit or, or wrestling, you can't really delegate that to anybody else. So you have to surround yourself with people, I think, that push you and, uh, and, and almost force you to be better. And that can be difficult and uncomfortable at times, but it's also really rewarding. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say as well, I think in life, like many people like always just look at the top people and look at what the people have achieved. And I think they want that thing that that person's got to achieve. But sometimes like they aren't willing to put in the grind and dedication like day in, day out, like you said before. But I think as well, that goes for every situation in life as well, from even just diet or even achieving the body or business you want. But um, Chris, something that really intrigues me is like the desire to be like the best I was wondering, like, how do you think someone can become, like, an amazing competitor? Like, how, how do you think someone can gain that, like, competitive instinct? Or do you think it's something that we're born with? I know you said it a bit before, but... Yeah, I think it's learned. You know, I think it's, like I said, when yeah. I was younger, I, was, uh, I wasn't I was super confident. 
Um, and I wasn't like crazy, crazy competitive. Um, like you hear some of the other athletes out there being, um, but I, I definitely think it's a learned thing, but I, I think it has to be something that we choose to go after. Yeah. Um, I know for me, I kind of made a decision at one point, like, Hey, I don't want to just be kind of good at everything. I want to try to be the best at one thing. And that was for me when I was younger, that was wrestling. And then that just kind of just shifted that mentality shifted into CrossFit. So, um, yeah, I think I definitely think that it can be learned, but I think people have to be willing to go through that struggle and to go through maybe even like a little bit of heartbreak, you know, because if it doesn't yeah. work, what do we do? And there is an element of, uh, of disappointment there, but we can learn from that. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think you definitely do learn a lot, and I also like to think um, that that when you compete, like, you go beyond the barriers of pain. Like this is also like spurring on the, like the competitive edge. Like so, like Chris, like when your muscles like are screaming like no, no, no. Like how do you get your mind to say like yes and push through? Yeah, and I, that's learned too. I think it's really easy for people to have a negative attitude toward that when we have to learn how to have positive self-talk and there's a lot of ways for us to uh to really um push through that and learn how to cope and deal with that i think sometimes people think that oh my gosh you know i'm so negative in my train of thought when the reality is probably all of us kind of naturally or inherently are a little bit of downers on ourselves when we can shift that though and simple little what you might call like a mantra or um, just a quote that you can say to yourself in the midst of those those times when you know things are, are pretty gnarly can just be a really big help um, yeah. and a good reminder to help reset, I think, a bit of the wiring that's going on in your mind when, when things are really tough. Mm, I noticed you said there a quote like Chris. Like, I was going to ask you, did you have any mental practices to get you in the right frame of mind for like an event? Like, what was your quote? Like, what kept you going? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of, you know, for me going into competitions, I would try to stay very calm and just and remind myself of the things that really matter. Um, my faith is, is a big part of what helped keep me calm. Praying would help keep me calm. Um, and then in the midst of those things, uh, just little things that I would tell myself, I remind myself, I'd often say to myself, calm and strong. Cause it's easy to get so wound up and you know, you're, you're already kind of hyped up. So just remind myself, stay calm and be strong. Um, and then just reminding myself that everything I had worked for, you know, in that moment, I had that moment right then and there, I had worked so hard for that, you know, and this is why I'm here. So why not push through and why not give it everything you have? Because you put in all this time and all this effort and all this energy so thinking back on all the work that it took to get there so that when I was there, I could really try to truly perform and, and put my best effort forth. Yeah, I like that. I was wondering, Chris, like, what about like visualization? Did you ever like imagine yourself like standing on the podium maybe? Like, did you ever do that? Yeah, definitely. I think visualization is, is a really helpful tool. I don't think it's something – I think sometimes you know, people think that visualization will – just cause this direct result to actually happen, which I don't, I don't believe that. But I do think that visualization can be a really helpful tool to help us stay calm 
and have a plan as we go into environments where maybe they're a little bit overwhelming or intimidating. And when we think about things that start to get us off track, we can kind of go back to what we've gone through and those visualization pieces and, and remind ourselves of that. And it can be a good way to ground us so that we can kind of get back to a place where we can focus again. Yeah, I like that. Mm, yeah, I love that. So, Chris, like, when you were competing, like, how was it balancing work, training, and family? It, like, must have been a challenge, right? Oh, super hard. Yeah, you know, I mean, I ran the affiliate I was at the time traveling three to four weekends a month, teaching seminars, um, training, and doing that while I was on the road, and being a husband and dad. It was really hard, um, and I think the, that it would have been pretty much impossible without um, my wife just being as supportive as she was. It was definitely a team group effort. It wasn't just a me thing. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget about that being a team effort life, really. Yeah. And, and, and like Chris, I was just going to say as well, like, I think many people in life really struggle with their own identity. Like, they really struggle finding the balance between work and family in their own time. Like, Chris, I think you're a great example to many, like, aspiring to keep a family first amidst this dedication, like, required to complete, compete at an elite level, such as CrossFit, all while running a business and also traveling for the CrossFit. And I think that's so powerful. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, it's, uh, and I definitely by no means have it figured out, but I think that part of us getting better at that is is being okay with the fact that we may not have it figured out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris, I, um, I love the, um, the video that you did, actually. I think it was called The Only Thing That Spiel Quit. And, and um, your wife says in the video, like, Chris has been so helpful around the house since he stopped competing. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you, run, you, like, you say, honey, I need to get the meal. And you run down the driveway and do, like, a cleaning jerk <laughs> in the driveway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love That's that fun. as well. Then, yeah. Then you kept, like, offering to do chores. And then you, like, run and do some more movement. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> All thanks to my buddy Heber. Yeah, he, he made that video a lot of fun. Yeah, I noticed as well some of that your quote that you wrote. You said that um, like when you when you say training for life these days, it's a good thing. But I was like, notice like what do you mean by when you say that? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of us are really focused on training for competition, which is cool. You know, I yeah. I really personally I love helping people with that, and I love being uh, someone that can kind of share my experiences and help people along the way. But I think it's really important to think about what our goals are and how much time we have to put in towards some of those things because we may not necessarily have the commitment that we think uh, is really there, I guess. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's it's easy to say, like, oh, my gosh, I, I want to go to the CrossFit Games. Um, yeah. But if we don't know what kind of time commitment and training and lifestyle choices we have to make in order to get there, that might not be a really good goal for us. For some, it's a great goal. And for others, it might be like, you know what? I love to compete, but I want to compete on, you know, just a local level. And what does yeah. that look like? And how much does that time committed toward? So for me, because I just had such a great experience with competition and, and I was able to do what I did, it's been a great shift to just really train so that I can stay healthy and do all the stuff that I want to do outside of the gym. And that's, you know, riding my mountain bike and going skiing and hanging out with my kids more, just 
taking my fitness and putting it to use outside of the gym. Um, and I still have goals inside the gym for sure, but, uh, they are no longer, the gym doesn't rule my life outside of the gym anymore. Like it used to. Mm. Like Chris, I was just going to say that I think goals is brilliant because they give us this sense of purpose and direction. And like, even when you're like wondering about what's next in life, if you start like planning and thinking of a goal that you can go for, it does give you that direction. And that's the beautiful part of it. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's really easy for us to go into things without any goals. And, uh, if we don't have any kind of goals, I think it's difficult to, to have that drive and motivation and, and that growth. Mm, definitely. So Chris, with now going less intense and doing a lot less volume, do you, do you feel better within your own body now? Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. And largely I think, uh, a lot of the stuff that we did as competitors and especially a guy like myself since i'm a little bit on the smaller side and i was always having to move heavy weights to try to keep up with the big guys um it's just really tough on your body it really is it's difficult uh to keep that pace and to be able to continually do that and i definitely paid a price for it and the past year and a half has been a good year for me to just kind of let my body heal and recover and the lower volume and you know it's as hard as it's been sometimes scaling workouts down or avoiding movements altogether has made my just quality of life that much better. Uh, even though my performance in the CrossFit world isn't quite where it was. Yeah. Still, still good though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you touched on that before as well, um, like for me as well, I found that like by having a, like a general basis of CrossFit, like was healthy for me. But when I was like, when the volume was too high for us, that's when it was becoming too much for my body. Yeah. And it actually, it took me a while like to, to like get through that phase within my own mind and actually admit it to myself. Yeah, and that, that's cool. That's really cool that you could get there because I think a lot of people don't. I think we're passionate, you know, and CrossFit generally attracts people that are pretty focused, you know, and we're pretty passionate about things. And uh, sometimes it's hard to take a look in the mirror and say, you know, like, I think this is too much. And I yeah, think, yeah. you know, I can do this in an appropriate volume, in an appropriate manner. Maybe I can still even compete, um, but in a, just a different way. And how do we do that so that we can still be really living the life outside of the gym that we want to as well? Yeah, definitely. I think it took me about a year and a half to do that, to be honest. But I think as well, like I was going to say, is I think CrossFit as well gets a lot of bad rap. But I think it's only really from the people who haven't really done it. And a lot of people really don't know CrossFit. And I think it's like they don't really know that the games isn't CrossFit. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's probably I think it's great that you're bringing that up because it's really I think it's a really interesting season that we're in in CrossFit because you know, the reality is the athletes that go to the game are just a sliver of this population. I mean, it's such a small, small percentage and CrossFitters are the 99.5% of people that just go into the gym and throw down every day and they improve their lives and get off their medication and are able to hang out with their grandkids or move their garage around. It's just like that's what it's about. But just because of, I think, the way that we are and because of the way that media is, it's really easy to get wrapped up in the games, the competition side of things. And it's such a tough battle. I know as an affiliate owner – um, to help people understand that CrossFit is not the games, but helping educate them on what it really is. And, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's largely our role as, as affiliate owners and, and coaches and, 
and CrossFitters in general to continue to help educate people on that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's so important that. But Chris, I don't know if you can remember, but um, you did a workout called um, Cindy Triple X with um, Matt Chan and Eric O'Connor, I think it was. Oh, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I actually, I actually keep watching that um, that video like every couple of months, and I actually try to beat you on it, but I can't. I can never beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can, um, I can always beat. I can beat Matt Chan and Eric O'Connor, but I can't beat your time. I think your time was something like sixteen oh eight or something. But the quickest I've done is um, seventeen minutes. But I'm just never ever beat. That's awesome. Keep plugging away, brother. It'll happen. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's a, it's a great motivation to have in the background to just try and beat you. Yeah, I'll have to send you the video when we get some close to it. Yeah, if I, yeah. If I beat you, I'll send you the video. Over. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, but another thing as well, I was going to mention as well. Um, I love that um, your video. You know, when you did the journey to 100 pull-ups. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. How many times did it take you to get that? Gosh, I want to say three or four, four times maybe. Um, yeah, it was. It kind of just happened on a whim, that's for sure. But yeah. uh, once it started happening, I think it took me four times to get it. Yeah, I think as well. I think the first video I watched of you, you actually got it as well. But in your, like your mind, you thought you had it, but I think you miscounted by one rep. Yeah. Yep. I yeah. yeah. Some guys weren't down, and they. It was actually Sivan. Uh, he's one of the guys that films at the CrossFit Games now, and they were doing a video, and you know, I had just a couple weeks before my buddy and I were like, Hey, let's do a hundred pull-ups for time. Just as kind of like a little finisher. Yeah. And I think I got like 96 or 97 and I, I wasn't trying to get a hundred. It just kind of happened. All right. And I was like, Oh wow, that, that's kind of crazy, you know? And then that turned into, you know, Hey, we heard yeah, yeah. Do this. So they were there and I tried it and I, yeah, I thought I had done a hundred, but they counted the video again. It was 99. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love absolutely love that video. When I was um, when I was a bit younger, like when I was in school, all I used to do was pull ups, and I actually had a goal in my head to try and beat the world record, even though I didn't even know what it was at the time. <laughs> yeah, that's but awesome. um, Chris, are you, uh, sorry, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, that's great. That's cool. Yeah, I was gonna say as well, like Chris, like you know, like in them sort of them moments that like, like why, what, like why we choose to do these challenges. I was wondering, like, what do you think drives us to do like little challenges like that? Do you think it's maybe like just to see what our body and mind can do? I think so. I think for some of us, it's just to see what we're capable of. I think for other people, there's other driving forces. Sometimes it might be notoriety or um, I think that can play a role sometimes. But I think for the most part, it's just out of, you know, curiosity of human potential. And then once you think there might be a possibility, it's the pursuit of that. So, Chris, now that you're back and off your intensity, what does a day of training look like for you now? Yeah, pretty, pretty normal, honestly. But yeah, I tend to uh, work out a lot with the class at the affiliate. Um, I'll sometimes do uh, you know, some of the programming that I do with Icon Athlete or test some workouts that I, I do with those guys. Um, but, yeah, I work out once a day, um, and I just uh, I enjoy it. It's, it's good. It's been good for me, my mind, and my body. Mm, that's the both thing, just enjoying your workout. So, Chris, how much of your training now is, like, planned in advance versus just, like, playing and improv? Like, do you set, like, a certain block of the day aside to train, or do you just, like, train whenever you can fit a work in, workout in? Yeah, I try to. I, I gen- It usually turns into me just getting it in whenever I can. I like to try to get stuff in in mid-morning, but now it's at the point where um, I'm worried less about, like, how I'll perform during the workout. So I just get it done whenever I can throughout the day. Yeah, I was going to ask you as well as like, are you like enjoying CrossFit more now? Like more now, we've got like a more of a relaxed approach. 
I am. Yeah, there I I wasn't for a while. You know, there was a time yeah. where I wasn't relaxed about it and it was hard to see my fitness kind of slip. Um and it made it difficult. Uh I'd have a lot of ups and downs, but I'm definitely at the place now where I enjoy it and I do it because I love it and there's much less pressure. Uh any pressure that's out there is generally just what I put on myself, but I'm learning how to be better about that. Yeah. Mm. Chris, I wanted to touch on uh, coaching a bit as well and ask you a few questions about that. Yeah. Because I know as well, like, as well as you being a superhuman, like, <laughs> you're also an excellent coach. But Chris, when top athlete, when a top athlete approaches you to train them, what do you think are the main considerations for design and training for top performers? Oh, man. I think, honestly, it's just getting to know your athlete. You know, I think it's easy to assume that a coach knows, you know, oh, I know exactly what you need. And there's an element of that, you know, and that's having an expertise in the area. But I think it should be a team effort. I think it should be a group effort. And there needs to be a lot of communication back and forth with the athlete and learning what they really do need and what makes them tick. And that will help give a lot of guidance in, in how we're going to program out from there. Yeah. Mm, that's a beautiful answer. Chris, what do you think are the best ways for building strength? Ah, start lifting when you're 10. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's difficult because sometimes people will be like, oh, you know, how strong, how did you get so strong for your size? And strength takes a lifetime to build. It really does take a long time to build and a lot of work and a lot of effort goes into that where getting a set of lungs can, can come a little bit more quickly. Um, yeah. So I, honestly, I just think it's time. It's being patient, following programs that you believe in and that you trust, I think is really important. And then also sticking with it. I think a lot of people, they want these quick fixes. So they'll try to follow this specific program and then they won't see the results they want. And in three or four weeks, they change programs. And that's just not enough time to get a response from, from whatever they're doing. So giving themselves adequate time to give a program a chance and trusting, choosing one they trust in and sticking with it is super important. Yeah, I agree. I think there's, there's certainly no magic portion. You've just got to like keep lifting, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was wondering, you touched on it a little bit before, but I was like, what do you think the best ways for like building an engine are? CrossFit. Intensity. Yeah. <laughs> Intensity. <laughs> I love that. It's easy for people to be like, oh, I need to do more, but the reality is they probably need to do less a whole lot better. Um, it's, you know, we see athletes doing higher volume stuff and they can kind of get caught up in that when I think a lot of people just need to learn how to work really hard for a single effort before they start trying to put in multiple efforts. And with intensity, they're going to get plenty fit. Mm, yeah, I like that. Chrissy's another one. What do you think the mentality is? Like what shapes a world-class athlete mentally? Oh, I think it's different. You know, I think it's different for a lot of people. I think whatever it is, though, there's probably always a driving force. And I think that's different for each athlete. But I think there has to be something that drives them and pushes them to continually train and not give up. And that can look different. But without that, I don't think people have much of a purpose when they train and and when you don't have purpose when you train or you're trying to be the best, it's it's pretty tough to keep going. Mm, definitely. Chris, you've trained with like many different coaches and with some of the best teachers and athletes in the world, in my opinion. Like, 
when you think of, of successful, who comes to mind and what are the characteristics that make them people great? You know, I think like the more I've been around, I view people that are successful as people that really look at the big picture and are willing to learn from others. And I see that happen um, with coaches and athletes that are pretty single-minded, and I think it stifles their development. And then when I think about other people that are open to other people, and maybe they don't agree with every single thing, but they learn from them, I always see them doing more, and, and whatever they're doing, doing it with excellence as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I was, those are, yeah, I was, I was going to say I like that because I think that's what life's all about. Life, you've always got to be like constantly be able, be able to allow yourself to learn. Yeah, for sure. And it's easy. I think it's easy for people sometimes, and really in any any community, you know, it's easy for people to think my way is the best way and my way is the right way. When really it's like, you know, I still believe that CrossFit is the best training program for people that want to increase their fitness. But that doesn't mean that I don't think I, you know, I can't learn from a huge amount of other training programs and use maybe some of those philosophies or some of those training methodologies to make myself even better or make my athletes even better. Yeah, I like that. I was. This is a bit different type of question there, Chris, but I was like wondering, like, what do you think, like, are the biggest, like, fitness mistakes that like, you, you've made or, com- like, or commonly see? Yeah, I think, uh, I think that I've made um, is probably pushing through things too often, you know, pushing through things too much when I should have just taken a day of rest instead. Yeah. Uh, and I just push on and push through and try to be better because I think more is sometimes better. And I think that most people are probably like that. They look at, they look at athletes and they think about how hard they work or they compare themselves to others. And sometimes we forget that a day of rest will create, you know, five, seven, 10 days of productive training where instead of us just trying to slog through it again and then putting ourselves in the hole for that five, seven, 10 days. Yeah, definitely. So Chris, like what are the, what are the biggest lessons and nuggets of wisdom that you've learned over the last few years of like worth mentioning in training and in life? Um, as far as training, I think, uh, find out how much, you know, how much volume is appropriate for your goals and also how much is appropriate that allows you to keep intensity through your training sessions. Um, and that looks different, you know, for each athlete, but I think that's a big one is, is people not assuming that they have to follow what everyone else is, but figuring out, okay, what works best for me? And it's okay that if that looks a little bit different. Um, and then as far as the coaching element, I think it's kind of what we talked about earlier. It's just really being willing and le- willing to, to learn from other coaches, from other programs, have those conversations with our athlete and not, not assume that we have it all together. But I think that's the cool thing about coaching too, is that we may have areas that we struggle with and that's where we can rely on others and can get help from other people and, and make ourselves better coaches and create a better team for our athletes. Mm, that's good, Chris. 
Chris, you always seem like such a like positive guy, and like many people would ask, like, what is your secret? <laughs> <laughs> what What would you say to those people? Yeah, I guess um, for me, I think it just boils back down to my faith. You know, it's just just like a a huge underwriting theme and um, just part of my life. It's it's kind of the core, and I think that has helped keep me grounded and helped give me perspective. It definitely doesn't mean I have anything figured out and I still struggle with stuff just like everybody else. But um, but I think that for me, that's always been the big fallback. And because of that faith and that just that groundedness there, that helps me also keep perspective with my family and how important that is. And, and I think we're never really going to have it figured out. And I, I always struggle to find balance, but at the same time, if I can always kind of come back to that faith and have an idea of what uh, what that means for me and how that impacts generally every single thing in my life, I think that's probably the the biggest thing for me. Mm. Chris, we've had like quite a few guests on, right? And, and we'd like talk to them like, what about like Spurs the Morn and like what were pieces of wisdom that always seem to find and it's all a lot of their answers come down to faith faith in themselves in their vision it's such a big emphasis and i didn't really want to like skip on this point because it's so powerful really and faith like it can be anything really and that's what a lot of people i want to get across to a lot of people that faith can be faith in your vision faith in a higher power faith in the universe Whatever it is, as long as you've got faith in something higher than yourself, I think that can transcend so much, so much for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think it, I think that you know people have to again kind of take get a hard look at what that looks like for them. And I think a lot of people can view, especially you know the faith that I that I feel like I talk about is weakness. You know, it's like oh, well, you're using you know God as a crutch or like. Uh, you know, like it's like it's because you can't do it. It's like, well, yeah, well, I, I can't, I can't do it. Um, and it's not a weakness thing. It's, um, I think it's just uh, for me, yeah, it's just realizing that I can't do that stuff on my own, and knowing that I have a God that is there to help me through that. Um, but I think that's, I don't think that's an easy. It's, an e- it's not necessarily an easy crossroads to get to regardless of, of what that looks like. Because I do think there's an element, like you're saying, of how does that, how does that look for each person? And sometimes I think that can be viewed as weakness when, it, when really it's not. Yeah, it's, it's like something else I was thinking about. It's like, um, does it also feel like faith I'm talking about here? Does it feel like guidance? Like, does, does it your... Does your faith and belief, does that guide you into the directions you want to take? Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Is it like the the subconscious of you, is that really what's pushing you forward? And you're thinking, wow, this is all coming together because I've got the faith in who I am and that I've got something else on my side which is guiding me. Yeah, I think so. And I think think that's a big part of it. And I think there is a lot of times in my life where where I don't, I don't necessarily know like exactly what direction I want to go, or I feel like I should go. But when I can have that faith and that rest in 
in my just belief that God's going to put me wherever he wants me, that gives me a huge peace of mind and takes a lot of pressure off what I think is easy for us to assume, oh, if I make this decision right here and right now that it's going to alter my life and, you know, nothing's ever going to be the same or what's going to happen. Um, and, you know, for me, that was you know, another year of training for the CrossFit Games or putting so much time and effort into that when I might not win or I might not make it back, but having the faith to understand that even if I don't, I'm still going to learn and grow from that. And that's uh, I think that's a, a big peace of mind and a big element of comfort there. Yeah, definitely. I like that, Chris. But Chris, here's like, here's like a bit different type of question just to end the podcast. Yeah. But I was wondering if it was like the last day on the earth and you, could, you had to throw down a CrossFit workout with only one person, who would you do? Who would it be and why? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> if I had to, let's see, last, honestly, not to sound cheesy, but probably just work out with my wife. <laughs> Because uh, I, I had a chance to work out with all those guys, you know, and it was awesome. It was a ton of fun, and it was so cool to to be out on the floor with you know Dan Bailey and Rich Froning and Ben Smith and and all those guys. Uh, yeah. And we, most of us, the you know, vast vast majority of us are you know friends and and relatively close, and and uh, it's really cool. So I think if it was the last day on earth, I'd probably just want to have a casual workout with my wife <laughs> yeah I was, I was wondering is that because you'll um, you'll end on a win definitely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, I love it like Chris you've been a great guest but can you tell the listeners where they can find you etc on social media yeah um, most of my stuff is just um, at C Spieler that's my Instagram and Twitter uh, if people are interested in some of the competitive programs that we're doing now it's iconathlete.com um and then some of the other things we have going on is just chrisspieler.com so any either my name or iconathlete.com and and that's where most of the stuff's going to be yeah thanks for your time chris and i've really enjoyed doing this today and i'm just we're so grateful for your time and to be able to share your incredible journeys thank you so much uh, thank you guys for the time it's been a great conversation yeah definitely. really enjoyed it brother thanks guys for taking time out your day to boost your consciousness but guys, we really need your help. If you're loving the podcast, please pop over and leave us a review and tell us what you think. And also, don't forget to head over to our website at ascendbodymind.com and check out our amazing gallery of other great episodes. Thank you and have a great day. Join us next week for the next episode.